0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie, I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We have got a treat, for you. And this is a very timely topic. In fact, I think it's always timely no matter when you're tuning in, but especially with all of the changes that are happening in in the economy and society and the environment of business today. The secret to building your brand and business simultaneously is something that I think is extremely important to us. In fact, to my other business, which is The podcast reach system, we work with entrepreneurs to help them simultaneously build a brand while launching a business. Our VIPs are folks who use a podcast to spearhead the development of a brand in a business. Now we have with us somebody who has been internationally recognized in this particular discipline. His name is Christopher Salem. He's an executive coach, corporate trainer, and professional speaker who mentors C-suite, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals to build and protect their brands by raising their level of influence as trusted advisors to maximize their results. Uh, He does a whole bunch of other stuff. Come to our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Look in the show notes, and you'll see everything that's going on with Christopher. And for right now, let's bring him in. Christopher Salem, welcome aboard. Adam, Come on in. To, play, the weather's fine. You to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you have so much that you share in your official biography. In fact, when I read this, I'm not even sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is my show. So... <laughs> <laughs> So what we were like always our, worthy <laughs> yeah so what we like to have do is we like to have our guests tell the story in their words so share with us a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion well great question Adam I mean for me it's all about the experience and
2: the journey and for me it wasn't always peaches and cream so to speak and you know and life never is either is business it's all part of the process. So everything that I, you know, where I am today and how I've been able to, you know, help organizations and help individuals to really, you know, step into their their better selves and and, and really to perform at a higher level is just based upon my own experience. And for me, you know, early on, you know, not, not only in my life, but also in my career, I really struggled. You know, I was dealing with a lot of things I I I had ADHD, I couldn't keep focused on one thing. Uh, I had, you know, I was operating in a, from a fixed mindset, you know, operating in the past and the future from fear-based thinking. And I just was, I was codependent, meaning that I was passive aggressive in terms of my behavior and communication. And all of that really led me down a path of really struggling to maintain relationships. Even though I would start off strong, I would, I had a great worth ethic, but you know, I would reach a certain point and those self sabotaging behaviors and in, 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 in my codependent communication would intervene, and, and, and I would have to repeat all over again, you know, to, to develop new relationships only to undo them uh, with this behavior and, and communication. So I had to learn the hard way. And it was, you know, through a, an epiphany that I had when my father was dying of lung cancer at the age of 56. That, that it was the turning point for me that I knew I had to go, I had to do something to solve the challenges that were interfering with the growth of my business, my interactions with people. And it was the first time in my life that I, I had to take the responsibility no matter what has happened to me in the past. I had to take ownership of where I was and where I was going to go from there. I didn't know how I was going to go about doing it, but I just knew that was the defining moment. That was like 22 years ago. And since then, obviously, I developed a process that allowed me to get out of the problem into the solution. And thus, through that experience and, uh, you know, for myself and then working with others and companies, I've been able to bring that to others to do the same for themselves. So it's all experience and just being the
1: example and being a resource for others to do the same. And some of the things you've achieved. Uh, I'm familiar with your book, Master Your Inner Critic, Resolve the Root Cause. I see also, and this is something else I'm gonna have to check out, you co-authored the recent edition of Mastering the Art of Success with Jack Canfield. And another thing that I encourage our listeners to do is check out your weekly radio show, Sustainable Success, which is on the Voice of America Influencers channel. So how about that for working in a few things? You've got so many things going on here and understanding where it came from. I think a lot of us deal with um, issues of not knowing what to communicate, how to communicate, not even knowing that there are questions to ask, much less knowing what the questions are to ask to understand what they don't know because they don't know what they don't know. I've been there myself. I've gone through a long journey of understanding how a combination of childhood traumas and things that have happened in my life have influenced me far beyond the actual incidents or the actual moments also just some of how we're educated how we are programmed i think it's more programmed than education sometimes that actually is positioned or we're told that it's supposed to help us get a boost in the world but it actually holds us in place and or holds us back and If there's anything that I can do to move the needle through the Business Creators radio show, it's to speak with folks like you and share some of our combined wisdom on how to do it. So building your brand and business simultaneously, oh, there are some blocks when it comes to that. So I guess the first thing I'd like to do is, and I know you have a few points you want us to cover, but let's start with that. Uh, When people get to the point where it's like, it's time to build your brand. What's stopping them from doing it?
2: Well, what's stopping people from performing at a higher level? In this case, really knowing how to show up and be compelling to others. It has to start with a foundation. So think about like if you were to build a beautiful home, you have to have you have to have a rock solid foundation. So you're going to take time to excavate the land, to lay down the foundation, because that's what you're going to frame the house out to build on that foundation. What happens is many times in in business and in marketing and branding, people don't take time to cultivate the foundation, and that foundation starts from the inside out. So you know you could show up and project yourself in a certain way to people from the outside. It's only going to get you so far if uh, if it doesn't reflect the same on the inside. That's going to come out with true colors in due time, like it did with me with my passive aggressive. Uh, Communication and behavior. So, how you show up and how you you project yourself to be compelling to others and connecting on shared values, that is the, you know, that's how people are going to, you know, to connect with you. And that's what's going to elevate your brand and then eventually indirectly and directly grow your business over time. So, that foundation starts with first how you think your mindset. So, shifting from a fixed mindset, which operates in the past and the future based on fear to a growth mindset operating in the present moment. It's also the ability in that present moment over time to learn how to resolve the root cause to li- limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are established and forged in the, your child development years, things that you observe growing up from your parents, whether they're serving you or not. This is how I became codependent. I grew up in a codependent home. And I had a strong need for validation because I didn't get it grown up from my father. So obviously, this is what led me down a path of being a pleaser, an enabler, but also could be quite aggressive and demand a lot of things from people that, oh, you know, those expectations went unfulfilled. So I had to really learn how to shift to a growth mindset, to be present, to then get to the root cause of my own limited beliefs. Because by doing that, it allowed me over time to really raise my level of confidence, self-esteem. It allowed me to be a better decision maker. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to communicate specific, clear, and concise, not based on assumption and speculation. It allowed me to behave in a certain way where I was in control of my emotions, not the other way around. It adjusted my attitude from gratitude and the ability to, to take action, not being busy and not productive, but being productive you know, in the moment. So growth mindset is is like the first layer of that foundation. And then I had to identify what were the core values that represented me. See, I lived the first 30 years of my life from my dad's values, thinking that if I, you know, did that, I would, you know, gain his approval. Now I didn't even know I was operating from his values at the time. I just know that 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 obviously I I was doing that to gain his approval, and I was miserable. So it's really getting in tune with your own core values, how that relates to the business that you're in, the brand that you're projecting, and how that's going to relate to the audience and clients that you serve. That is the foundation to your, that is what makes up your foundation, your mindset, how you think, because how you think will show, will allow you to be different. When you be different, you'll become different. When you become different, you will do different. And when you do different, you will have and achieve better and different results, Then when you add the values in there, that's how you're going to show up and be compelling and connect with people on shared values. So for me, my values that that represent me, my business and the audience I serve are transparency, honesty and integrity. Does that mean that everybody that comes in contact with me has those same values verbatim? No, but there are people that will have shared values. They may value someone being ethical, trustworthy, following through. Those can relate to my values. I'm not going to be everything for everyone, nor do I try to be everything everything for everyone. I'm not throwing mud at a wall. I'm going to be compelling to the ones where I, we can connect on shared values. And when people feel that you're compelling to them, they feel that you relate to them and they feel understood, they're more likely are interested now in what you do and how that can help them to help themselves. So it's why you do what you do versus what you do. That's the secret to elevating your brand and business: is connecting with people there. When they when they do their part to have a better experience, they're gonna have they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep coming back, and they're gonna refer people to you. This is a way that people can you know begin to kind of use that foundation to build their brands, uh, elevate it, the, uh, elevate their brands, and scale their business. Right. So you've just
1: laid one hell of a platform or a foundation. Yeah, is the analogy that you yourself use earlier for how we're going to bring this all together. So we may uh, move that a little bit more toward the end of our conversation here. I'll tell you what jumped out for me is just a couple examples of how we get subtly programmed to some of the walls that are put up in front of us in ways we don't even recognize at the time because it's so subtle, so subliminal. And the people who are putting the walls in front of us don't even recognize that they themselves are walking or working from within a very limited mind frame that they were given by somebody else. So they think they're actually doing the best they can. And they think that they're actually trying to be helpful. So here's one example. And I'd love to share this. There's probably about a dozen other episodes. We've covered this on Business Creators Radio, but I really want to get your perspective of it. And uh, when I was in Catholic school, it might've been the third or fourth grade. I can't remember exactly. We were given an assignment in class. And the assignment was to answer this question. If you won the lottery for a million dollars today, what would you do with the money? If I were
2: receiving that money right now, I I would use that money right right now to create a platform that would really create a massive awareness for people to understand that you are you have a choice in life and in what you do with your business that you're, you don't have to be a product of your limiting beliefs that you can be, you can rise above them to be, to be, to become, to do, and have better results. We all have our gifts. We just have to learn how do we be more compelling to others? And these are the, when we are able to do that, that's when people are going to want to, you know, know what we can do to help them and so on. So it would be for me to create a platform that could create mass awareness to really help people help themselves, including organizations. This, so this isn't just for individuals, but for yeah. companies as a whole, regardless yeah. of what industry or what, how, how big you are.
1: Yep, yeah, I and mean, if you'd have turned in that answer, you would have failed. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because the only acceptable answer, this is the, this is the only right answer and all other answers were wrong is you had to make a specific list of people that you would give the money away to with dollar amounts of how much you give to each one. And it had to add up to a million dollars. You had to give it all away. So if I had it, so, it, so each person.
2: Yeah. Wow. Cause now if we only have a million dollars, that means I can only reach a million people in a dollar each,
1: right? Exa- uh, well, that, 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 and that's something I, that, uh, I was only occurred to me once or twice, but the, but the foundation of it was, and this is the messaging that I recognized as an adult was so dangerous about this question, is it was planting the idea that there's no nobility in wealth. And if you achieve wealth, you are sinful unless you forsake all of it. So when I, so when I turned in my answer, mine was that I was going to put it in the bank and earn interest. Uh, so I had a basic understanding of, compound interest and the idea that I would be able to put my money to work for me and generate income come off the interest that will allow me to do other good deeds. Now, I didn't use language that fancy, but that was the gist of it. It was the idea that I wouldn't have to work just to survive, and I would then have the time to be helpful to society. But no, nope, well, that that's that definitely is a good thing. I think what you yeah. just
2: said, it, it does make sense. I mean, yeah, if you can earn more money, I mean, I—I I mean, I've always been a saver. I've always been an investor. I've been investing. Yeah. So I—I I support what you just said a hundred percent. Uh huh. I, I guess you know, i, I wasn't looking at it that way because I've already was already there with you know uh-huh. live that life, uh, say as a saver, and just and I still to this day live below my means, and you know, I'm one of those people. I only buy what what is required. You know, I
1: don't. I'm not. I don't buy to impress others. Right. I, exactly. I things. Yeah. Right. So there's one other problem with that question. And it's the way it was worded. If you want a million dollars in the lottery. So what about being successful and getting paid a million dollars? What about starting a business that brings in a million dollars? What about being really good at that athletics and getting a contract for a major league team that gets you a million dollars? So the subliminal message was, is you're not here to have wealth. You're not here to have success. If it happens, it's by random luck and you're supposed to express your appreciation for that luck by giving it all away. So being wealthy is for other people, not you.
2: Yeah. But I mean, like I said, there's no, I think there's Mm -hmm. no problem being obviously there's no problem being wealthy. It's not at all. Yeah. If you, as long as that you be a resource and be an example and, you know, and doing it in a way that, that, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, And it only enriches and empowers people to do, you know, to find that within themselves. And it's not about forsaking your family and, you know, other people at at the expense of that. No, that you find ways that you could do the best you can to find some harmony, you know. So, you know, again, it's not all just about, well, sometimes we have to make sacrifices, of course, at certain times. But, you know, it's about, about, again, that harmony, you know, for me, you know, I look at it.
1: What was that famous line from that movie Wall Street? You remember? Oh, God.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. And I can't think of it now with Michael Douglas and, uh, yeah. And Charlie he,
1: Sheen. yeah. And he, and he gives the speech at the stakeholders meeting. And yeah, like that really and I can't remember brain. what he you said. Remember, remember, it, remember, remember what it was? Greed, greed, greed
2: is good. Greed is
1: wrong, good or something. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. He never said greed is good. Uh-oh. They, created promos for the movie there are clips online where they creatively edited it to make it sound like he said greed is good yeah watch the movie he never said greed is good I this is an entire section of my book Groundhog Day is an event not a business strategy because I think it really gets to the heart of all that of, of some of what we're covering today the foundations enable people to build brands and businesses and it's a key understanding he did not say greed is good yeah he said greed for lack of a better word, is good. And then if you listen to the rest of the speech, he goes into how we we as human beings all have motivations that have to do with fulfilling our needs according to Maslow's hierarchy. And when we're able to do that, then we're able to go out and be more altruistic and fix the world and help others. So that's really the message of it. And you hear Michael Douglas in the interviews wondering, why the hell do people like that speech? I was a scumbag in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> because, because the message itself wasn't really about being greedy. It was about leveraging your, ne- your needs to have your needs fulfilled to motivate you to greatness.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched a movie in quite some
1: time, but again, I was just going off of memory. It's been, God, it's been y- years since I've watched it. Yeah. Well, it's on oh, that, that particular scene is uh, posted a hundred times on YouTube. So yep. again, it's, 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 the subtlety of words and how you position them that can create radically different meanings. And yep, so, that, right. So those are the two things that I wanted to, to surface here. And now I want to develop a bit more on that foundation you laid for us earlier. So you mentioned about how, uh, you know, connecting at a deeper level, with your audience. So why does how we think, you know, we worked on our thought process. Why does how we think impact how we connect at a deeper level with our audience? Well, I mean, how, how we think is, again, we, you know, if we're going to be able to
2: connect with people, we got to connect with people. Again, values are, are subcon- that operate at a subconscious level. Everybody has their, their, the values that define who they are, whether they know it consciously or not. So if we have the ability to really know how to connect with people on shared values, then to me, those are the brands that are going to have the best success long-term. Then This yeah. doesn't have to be just a person. It can be, you know, it can be an entity in itself. You know, you look at, you know, because it, it, you're never going to be everything for everyone. Right. But When you have that ability to understand people and, and relate to where they are and, you know, and connect at that level. For me, this is where people reach out to me. I, I don't, I don't go out of my way to make calls and have to rely upon marketing funnels and just to get bodies in and, and then just go through a sales pitch. It's not about that. It's all about, it's about relationships. So for me, you know, when I look at a brand, it's the brands that build those relationships over time by connecting on ind- indirectly and directly on shared values is where that when they, when they master that, they have the best success. And in order to do that, we have to be able to be different because when we can be in the moment, we have the ability to really, you know, understand that we can only control what we can and what we know at that time. And we can let go of everything else. We're not operating from a place of worry, from anxiety, from stress. That we understand that this is what I can do right now with the puzzle pieces that I have and I, and I can let go of everything else. But when we're not operating in that type of being or that way of thinking, then you're going to get caught up in, in the things that you cannot control. And those are the things that often will affect our level of confidence, self-esteem, and so on. And that can affect how we display and show up as a brand you know, in the places that we are. So yeah. a lot of people take that for granted and don't really understand the power
1: of that, and w- and how that connection is very strong when you can connect with people on that level. Yeah, and you know earlier you also mentioned the the importance of core values. So uh, how is being centered with your core values important with building a brand and business simultaneously? Well, like I say,
2: I, I, I'm a firm believer that you know your 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 business, dependent again, depends on what kind of. Uh, uh, it depends on what kind of business you're in, of course. But for the most part, for most businesses, it's about it's about you know why you do what you do versus just what you do. Like if I'm if if let's say if I'm going to buy a house, I could there there are ten thousand realtors in a sixty mile radius. Why am I going to pick a, a, a certain realtor? Well, maybe somebody referred somebody to me, and I trust them and I respect them, and so the person they're sending to me, I'm going to feel that hey, this person is. Good, because, you know, they're being recommended. Am I just going to choose somebody because they're a real estate agent? Because I saw that that they're marketing like, hey, they they're like the best at what they do. Well, I'm not saying that can't have an impact and influence people in some way, but really what it comes down to is why you do what you do. So I'll I'll give you an example. I know a woman I worked with about three years ago that her production was very, very low. Very, very nice woman, very articulate never going to be a top producer, but, but, you know, she was je- definitely not where she was at at the point she was doing everything that her agency told her to do. And I ended up finding out, you know, what were, how do you connect with people? And, and how she was connecting with people in this business did not reflect her values. Matter of fact, it, it didn't even reflect anything that had to do with her values. And then, then she, re- then she realized why there was a disconnect. She had her own self-limiting beliefs. So that had to be addressed first. Once we were able to work with her over time to get her to a certain point, a point where her, when her belief system changed from limiting to limitless, and she began to really hone in on the values that defined her, she also volunteered at a nonprofit organization. She was a great writer. She leveraged her strengths as a writer. And a lot of people embraced her content because of those family related values. And those were the people that also had family related values. And I asked her, I said, do these people that, do they realize that you're a realtor? And she goes, well, I don't know. I I don't think so because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not displaying myself or advertising myself here as a realtor. I said, would the nonprofit allow you to, when you sign your name, to put that you're a realtor, not don't put the agency because nobody would care regardless at that point, what agency you work for. They, they, they like you. When, they, when she started signing her name and putting Realtor, they were connecting with her because of her, the value that she brought them through compelling content where they felt connected to. She began to build her business, book a business, increase her production, not based upon what she did, but indirectly by why she did what she did on those values. She did it indirectly. And she began to po- focus more of her efforts there, not to, through the traditional way that she'd been taught to do, and she had much more success that way. Now, I've, I, can, I can give you a handful of other examples that were the same, yeah. something similar. People don't know, they, they maybe hear these stories, but it doesn't register. They don't, only very few people master this particular area of understanding ways that they can connect with their audience. It's not just what you do, it's why you do what you do. And this is what helps to raise brands. I just, I just talked at a conference in Miami Beach, uh, Miami Beach Convention Center, uh, to a, a catering company, it was a, a show called Cater Source. And during COVID, when things were really down for catering companies because there was no events, yeah. this one caterer was getting actively involved in non-charity work in a, in a particular area. They volunteered their time. They planted some great seeds, and they connected with their, the, their audience based upon why they did what they did. As they started to move out of COVID and when things started to pick up again, their business was booming compared to others in their in their in their industry because of the indirect things they did in with the nonprofits connecting on value uh, went from their values, and and while the other companies were just doing everything they can to market 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 and do the traditional things that they thought would get people's attention, and yet this company was you know in terms was light years ahead of where they were at that point based upon things that had nothing to do with what they do. So, yeah. so these are the things that often people just don't either know or they take for granted, and and the, and they're so important to be you know as a part of your overall marketing PR strategy that I call it an influence strategy, and yeah. they just don't they just don't take advantage or they just don't know enough to know what to do.
1: Yeah, we're going to get into the whole trusted advisor thing in just a moment, pulling from the foundation you laid earlier. But I wanted to bring something up. You mentioned your work with a realtor. Now, where where do you most commonly see realtor advertising? I mean, you might see them. I mean, sometimes they have these magazines,
2: you know. Yep. That's where
1: I'm going. That's where I'm going. It's the magazines. So so it's usually the community circular and uh, whatever agency that they're affiliated with buys an entire page and you see 32 headshots that were all taken at the local family photographer and have the family photo studio look to them and you see their names and right underneath it has their cell phone number so you can bother them anytime day or night and you look at this collage and you think oh these people thought they were so hot in high school Now look they're slinging houses (laughs) (laughs) now uh and and you get a moment of shade and fruit over that uh however this is what in many cases realtors are told to do is to participate in these sorts of things to make themselves hyper available. So they run around like a chicken with its head cut off 24 seven. And that is not really a path to, to wealth. In my opinion, I've no. seen some realtors be extremely successful. Uh, some that are friends of mine here in Las Vegas. And what the really successful ones have in common is I don't think of them as realtors first is you know going back to what you mentioned. Um, I think of one as somebody who inspires people toward finding and centering themselves in their truth so they can live their best life. Uh, Another one I think of is somebody who is the epitome of the glamour life. I don't think of them as realtors first. I think of them as models for certain types of lifestyles, certain sets of beliefs, and realty is just what they do. So they create that personal bond or sense of a personal bond between you and them where you see them as being your people so of course you're gonna yeah. you're gonna work with them it's just like the matter that if they're 10 service providers that do the same thing in your town and one of them and one of them's your best buddy you're working with your best buddy nope yep, true that's so true they may be the highest price and they may deliver the slowest but as long as they get it done within a time frame and a price range you can live with they got your business because you're they're your buddy
2: exactly and you and you
1: know your buddy you know your buddy's values you know where your buddy is centered you know what they believe in you know uh where what their impact is so you relate to them in a way that the other nine who may charge less and work faster don't exactly it's it's the people that don't understand that that oftentimes
2: will get caught up in the price where like it you know if you if you're at the lowest price or you you know it, 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 and I don't. I, I'm not interested in, in a transactional business. I, and that's I, one thing I advocate to people. If you want to be in that business, well, all power to you. But it, when it comes down to it, it's the relationships. People value those relationships, and they value you make them feel like that. That you they're understood. That price and that time, those objections that you often hear, kind of uh, dissipate.
1: You know, or or re, are reduced. So yeah. So let's go down this trusted advisor path more uh, because this is something that I've gotten a lot of feedback from folks they run into. They know that their offering is rock solid and it delivers results above and beyond even what they themselves can sometimes believe. But they run into conversation after conversation after conversation with prospects who say, I'd love to work with you, but I've already committed to this other 90-day program, so see me in 80 days. So they circle back in 80 days. Have another conversation with a prospect and the prospect says guess what i just signed up for this six-month coaching program so uh catch me in six months yeah I'm thinking but what about me yeah don't, don't i matter and what i think and this is where i've been so excited to have a conversation with you i think part of the disconnect there is that these folks who keep being the one that gets put off 90 days, gets put off six months, while their prospects keep committing to other things. It's because there's a trusted advisor gap there.
2: Yes, exactly. Again, a trusted advisor is not a job or a title. It's a way of life. And you can be a trusted advisor in your marriage, as a parent, as a member in your community, a friend, uh, as a brother or a sister uh, whatever the case may be and, and in your business and again it, it's it's about you know being being an example and being a resource for others from coming from a place of empathy and kindness and operating right. from those values so these are the people that over time people begin to trust and and then when they when they feel when they feel that something is compelling to them and they feel like, you've really understand and connected to them where they're at, they're more likely now are going to make a decision to do something with you. Or if something that you now, what you do does not really, you know, apply to what is important to them, they trust you enough that they they will go, they will make the effort to refer you to someone, or you will be the first one that comes to mind when something is applicable into. Why, now what you do that can help somebody. And if that person is trusted by, you know, by that other person, they're often going to take the recommendation from wh- who they referred. So right. those right. are the things that people that if they can really learn to master that they're going to have far more success in elevating their brands, le- you know, raising their level of influence as a thought leader, and of course, scaling their businesses.
1: Right. And that, and one thing that uh, jumped out there is you mentioned the whole referral thing. Uh, in my book, Groundhog Days: An Event, Not a Business Strategy, I mentioned there's an entire subsection in addition to the Gordon Gecko thing. There's also one on what's known as the sleeper effect. It's and to and to summarize it in two sentences: If you're tuning your own horn, it may have limited impact because, duh, what are you going to do? Is say you're sucking your products don't work. Yeah. So you saying you're great is like, well, yeah, of course you're going to say you're great. However, when you start to get others to say it. That's when it begins to have more impact. The same if you're trying to deliver a message. If you yourself are delivering a message, it may not have the same level of impact as other people quoting you and agreeing with you. Exactly.
2: That's why, like I said, when when you can have content indirect and direct that's out there on a consistent basis, doesn't mean you have to be talking to these people every day, but it's out there this is what subliminally is is being registered at the subconscious level that they're going to remember. They're going to feed, they're going to have that felt feeling. And that, that's, what's going to like, and as long as that you, you know, you're putting stuff out there that helps people to help themselves helps, helps people in their businesses. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be everything what you do in your profession. It can be something indirect combination, but it's that consistency that when you're out there being compelling to others, being that example, being that resource that they're going to have
1: you top of mind. They're going to be thinking about yeah. you. Right now. I've, this is something that I'm actually in the process of doing an experiment with, with a new thing we're launching uh, through our podcast launch business. And we're testing a couple different variations of a message. So this will be a great opportunity for me to do a test of a certain methodology. And yes, Those of you who are tuning into Business Creators Radio who come from the everything podcasting side of what I do, uh, you're about to get a little peek behind the curtain here. It's one of the benefits of hanging out with me. Anyway, um, it's been my contention for years, and I'm so excited by this latest opportunity to put it to the test that when you are, particularly when you offer a service, like a done for you or a done with you service, the more you pull back that curtain, the more you shine the spotlight. The more you show them exactly how you do what you do, the more they will trust you. And actually, the more likely they will be to hire you. The reason being is they see that you get it. You convey it to them in a way that shows them that you get it. So it raises their confidence level because they say, yeah, I could do that myself, but I don't want to. I want to pay somebody to do it. I want to pay the person who knows what the hell they're doing. And this guy or this woman or what have you has shown me. They know this. I trust them. And and the counterpoint to that are folks who are afraid to even offer a PDF download of a special report on their website because, well, what if my competition reads it and they rip me off and then they're going to take all my customers? I think you can tell which side I land on here. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, it, it's so important. I, and and but I just wanted to stress, Adam. You know the importance of the consistency because that's the thing. It, it's got to be consistent because it's like with anything. At the subconscious level, you got to you got to be doing things every day or on a consistent basis before people it gets embedded into people's. This is why, like, there's certain brands out there. Uh, you know, not just people, but just brands in general that that are you know you think about because they're always in, they're always out there in some way it's not just telling telling them people like what you know what they do and how great they are it's about you know again creating those it's 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 conveying those values that are important to people yeah it's speaking to people in in indirect ways as
1: well and that's that's what's so important yeah all right here's another one i want to i want to run by you here and this is a meme that we see going around sometimes it just so happens i was fiddling on social media, you know, absently scrolling while you and I are having the conversation, you know, just like you and I would probably do if we were sitting down having a drink together, because you know how it is. This is 2021. Anyway, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, full attention on you. But at the same time, I'm looking for fun, something funny to show you so we can have a good laugh at it. Uh, or something you said, because again, we're having a private mastermind conversation here. Something you said made me think, oh, I got to find this. I've got to find this. I got to show Chris. So I pull out the phone, I start looking things up, right? You follow, you follow me? So it's, not follow. A matter, so it's actually not a matter of, oh, we're being distracted by our devices. It's our mutual inspiration is causing us to look for even more great stuff to share. Anyway, yeah. here's one I have to share with you. And this is a meme we see all the time. It has to do with allocating money and time. So I'll, re- I'll just read it literally. Start a business, $999, too much. Buy a new iPhone. No problem. I'll stand in line for three days. Healthy groceries. $100. Too much. Go out for dinner and drinks. $100. Yeah, no problem. I'll blow $100 on cocktails. Watch Netflix. Two hours. Oh, I'm just going to watch one more episode. One more episode. Next thing you know, it's dawn. Learn a new skill. Two hours. Actually, watch that video of that home study course you just bought. I ain't got time for that. So, the point of this meme on the surface is that life is about choices, stop blaming the lack of opportunity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, when I look at stuff like that, it kind of ties into what we've been saying about how we uh, center with our values and how we communicate that to establish trust. Yeah. So that's what to me is sort of like the elephant in the room when I see memes like this. Well, like you said, like, like
2: for instance, if you saw, if if you had, you were, you were, you were, you look at this like uh, health program, maybe it's a supplement and you're like, you keep seeing, Oh, this is, this supplement will help me do this, this, and this. And you see the person that is the face of that supplement. Then you find out in real life, that person doesn't do any of the things they say they do. They're just out there just pitching this because it's a product. Now th- that's not going to connect. If people are not being the example of something they represent and what's going to connect with those people is not necessarily the product. It's it's that that person lives a healthy lifestyle, that they're doing certain things to to you know to to, to you know make sure they're they're properly aligned or in harmony with their overall well being. So by happens, I also take this supplement. So the supplement, it's not the supplement itself. It's that it's just you know feeling better, looking better, and knowing that I don't have to be perfect. That I, that. I can just be, you know, this person did it, did it, uh, is not perfect either. I can relate to that. So I don't feel like I have to pr- have all this pressure that I have to be perfect. It's that those types of things that are going to sell products, not the other way around. T- t- talking about, you know, features and benefits and how great the product, you know, did and, you know, look at this person. They were, this is what they look like before and this is what they look like. Now, I'm not saying those things don't matter and, and don't help. But it's 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 the other way around connecting where people are and being that example of that you know inside and out. That's where the values come in. Otherwise, now it's a contrast in your values.
1: Yeah, I saw this uh, before and after photo of a of a guy who was about seventy pounds overweight. That's the before, and then on the right it shows him thin with six pack abs. Yeah, Photoshop course, hundred fifty dollars. Of course, of course. And, and, and if for any
2: reason, if it was, if it was real, it wasn't like that happened in three months or six months. That that could have taken five or ten years. And the guy worked his tail off and went through hell during the process, but didn't look at it that way. He embraced it, or she embraced it, and and embraced the, the struggle like an Olympian athlete would do. And that was that was the the fruit of their efforts. Yeah. But people are just looking at it, oh, the supplement did it, and they, and they, in three or six months, this is the way they looked. No, this is why, again, it, it, it's so important to be that example, because this way people are gonna buy the product, but their expectations to it are not gonna be like far-fetched like a lot of people go into things. They're gonna understand that, hey, this is a component, it's gonna help, but, but, the, but the, if I'm looking for the solution, I gotta be part of that solution. I gotta be. I gotta show up and do, use the product every day. I gotta do other things that are gonna be healthy for me if I'm going to do achieve what I'm looking to achieve. And that's when you know somebody who operates from values that can be that example will illustrate that for people to do that. So that's why this is so important. Uh, you know that yeah. you know, in terms of the secret of building a brand and business simultaneously.
1: Right. So speaking of all this stuff and and projecting it and letting people see it. You know, uh, in corporate speak, we have our mission statement, our vision statement, and our value statements. And uh, and I've seen work groups pound their own heads into the ground, crafting carefully the most elegantly worded mission statements that nobody's going to read anyway. Yep. However, I don't necessarily dismiss those things because I think that they do in a way convey what that company, what that brand, what that individual actually believes in. And I believe that some words, wordsmithing is important. At the same time, I just think that this is really something that, uh, candidly, it should have been an email, but that's a separate <laughs> conversation altogether. But all the same, uh, as I said, I'm not saying this stuff isn't important. So let's, say, let's focus on value statements. Uh, why is a value statement important for sustaining a brand and business simultaneously?
2: Well, what's great about a value statement, it doesn't mean that you have to wait and start a new business from scratch to do one. You can do one even with a business that's been around for several years. A value statement is going to tell, it's going to project to people. It's not going to tell, but it's going to share with people, again, why you or your organization does what it does. It's not necessarily what you do. It's why you do what you do. So it's, again, connecting on on those values that people share and can connect on so they know that you're more than just an XYZ product company that does this, that you are committed to, you know, human development, uh, uh-huh.
1: you're
2: to professional development. You're committed to, you know, living in an honest world, uh, you know, that we operate from integrity, whatever the right. case may be. These are the things that resonate with people. Is it going to resonate if we had a hundred people in the room? Would all hundred people resonate with it? No, there might be maybe, you know 85 people that resonate with it on various levels but it's they're going to be connecting on those values that that you know that, that resonate with them that's where where organizations and and individuals that are developing their brands and businesses have to show up so a value statement will always tell people or always share with people why you do what you do a mission statement will tell you what you do and an executive summary or a vision statement Whatever you whatever you want to, you know, list it is gonna be a kind of a combination, you know, of of the why and what. So it really, it really sinks in. So think about an elevator pitch. How many times you went prior to COVID when you would go to a networking event and people
1: would just tell you what they did?
2: It was I've like got, blah, I've got a, blah, I've, blah, 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 blah.
1: No, I've boat. got a story. I've got a story about this. I'm just putting in the bookmark. Go ahead and finish what you're yep. saying. And, and I got a story about this one. Go ahead. But what
2: what if I were to say, you know, hi, hey Adam, my name is Chris Salem. And you know,
1: 22 years ago I went through a
2: real a lot of struggle in my life and I was dealing with a lot of emotional issues. You know, st- statistics say that 85% of people become depressed over a period of time when you don't address your emotional well-being. This led me down a path when I resolved the root cause of my limited beliefs to pursue a passion of helping others to do this. See, now I'm getting into what I do now, but I led with why I do what I do. See, yeah. now people are going to listen. And that and I could have went on for another 45 seconds and people might have listened to what I had to say then. Whereas if I opened up what I did within the first seven to 10 seconds, probably even sooner, they're checked out. They're just like, yeah, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. And in all the curriculum about, about elevator speeches, I've never heard that one before, because most of the education I see about elevator speeches is how to, within 15 seconds, use the right presuppositions, neuro-linguistic programming uh, tactics, and phraseology to make the person feel like whatever you're doing is all about them, even if it's not. Yeah. And, and it's like, to the point, it's like, for a while there, my elevator speech was, I don't have an elevator speech. What, you know, what do you need? Yeah. And, and that, and I also, you know, yeah, and I also had this little game I used to play when I went to a lot of seminars and conferences. When people tried the what do you do thing on me, I would immediately just, you know, with, with language skill, just turn the conversation around without answering the question and get them talking about themselves. And the way I viewed that in my mind is it doesn't matter what I do. Who, who freaking cares what I do? What matters is what do they need? What's going to move them forward? What's going to serve them? And exactly. does what I do serve that or, how, or yes, what I does, does serve what they need. But how do I language that in a way where it feels like it's authentic to them? Because I have that flexibility once I know more about them. So it doesn't matter what I do. It matters what they need and want. That's how I looked at it. Now here's, now here's another example. Um, a few years ago when I joined the Rotary, uh, I had my name badge created for the meetings And uh, I I was given a choice from a menu of suggested titles. So I picked consultant. Q: the numerous interactions where somebody would walk up to me, not even look me in the eye, but look down at my name tag, touch it and pull it up a little bit like that's going to help them see it any better, even though they're already like craned into it and say, "Uh, okay, so uh, Alan, I mean, Adam, what kind of consulting do you do? Like, Really? Do you even fucking care? <laughs> so here's here's what I did. Here's what I did. Not long after I joined the Rotary, I published my book, Groundhog Days, an event, not a business strategy, which I've now mentioned for the third time. So if you haven't bought it, buy it. Anyway, uh, anyway, um, I, chain, I paid the $17 to have a new name tag printed that positioned me as author slash speaker rather than consultant. And that was designed to change the conversation ever so subtly. So instead of, uh, what kind of consulting do you do there, Albert? I mean, Adam became, Oh, you wrote a book. What's your book about? Well, how I'll tell you about groundhog days and the men, not a business strategy all day long. I've only mentioned it four times. (laughs) That's my baby. I mean, I've, I've only mentioned the book title four times. I've told you about two of the sections in it. That's a conversation opener, and then I can share a little bit about it, the meaning of the book, and then usually that gives my interlocutor an aha moment, and now I've got them talking about themselves. So when we get to the point where we decide what my consulting can do for them, I know the words that they want to hear. I know what problems they want and need solved, and I can position it in a way where it feels like the answer to their prayers. Yeah. Yep. And that's actually the reason I wrote the book, because I wanted to have something that people could pick up and hold in their hand or load into their Kindle reader, where you could learn a lot about my mission, vision, and values as a, as a consultant, as somebody who helps business creators serve from their intersection of their brilliance and their passions, they can make a difference to their community, market, and audience. See, I'm getting good with the taglines. Yeah, <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of practice, folks, by the way. yeah, uh, You got to repeat that over and over again through sheer repetition, you get good. So no, no, absolutely.
2: But wait, wait. wait. when you lead more. with with what you said from why you do what you do, it, it, it just comes off naturally from the heart, and, yeah. and people connect. That's what connects to them. You know, other than where it's just like what you do, it's just again, it's you. People are not in a place where that registers because it's about uh-huh. what's it's what it's why you do what you do. But what what how, what does that mean, and what is compelling to the person that's receiving? that information that's touching and connecting on those values subconsciously. That's what resonates with people. And that's, what's going to be like, Oh, cha-ching. Maybe what can he do? What can he or she do to help me? Maybe they can help me in this. Or I know a person that, that can use some help. Maybe I I could refer them to, because, because that connection other than, you know, what you did, you know, it's just going to go one ear and out the other. I'm not saying that, you know, happens every time, but, yeah. For the most part, you know, people are going to have far more success when they know how to really, you know, build, you know, come build that foundation, be disciplined, be consistent at it because that energy is going to reflect through your confidence, your self esteem, your body language, how you communicate, how you make decisions, how you follow through people just take that for granted
1: and don't even think that's even important. And, when and it, what I, and what I recognize, I I've had this conclusion before, and what you just said really reinforces for me, going back to the rotary name tag, when I made that subtle shift from branding as consultant to author slash speaker, when we think of books, when we think of presentations and speaking, what do we think of? We think of stories. Mm -hmm. So that right there is just a fundamental mind frame shift. So instead of nuts and bolts of what are the services you offer, now it becomes, what is your story? What is your message? Yeah, and we all have a story. We all have a message. We want to know about other people's and we want other people to know about ours. That's what I meant by I can tell you briefly what the book is about. I can say it in two sentences and then it'll sit and then know that just the way I say that will cause them to have an aha moment. and Then they start spilling their guts. So now I make the conversation about them, which is where I can then inject value when they show me what the value they're looking for is. Yes. Absolutely. And and then, you know,
2: the whole idea is when you can empower people through questions, open ended questions, and let them do the talk, they, they basically will just, they, the, the pain point will come out eventually. They answer their questions through the guidance of your questions, and now they're ready to jump in with, with both feet. I'm not saying that works 100% of the time, may not be at that, that given moment, but you've planted a seed. And you're moving the ball forward where at some point they're going to, they're going to be working with you or referring somebody to you.
1: Yep. That's why the book has two sections on how to make meetings suck less. Cause that's something I don't know. Anybody can't relate to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so as we, so as we wrap up here, Chris, um, there's two more questions I have for you that are sure. uh, fairly, you know, fairly straightforward here. So the first one is going to be as we wrap up um, your listeners, know, our listeners, are, tuning in, they're hearing this, and I know you uh, have a, an invitation for them, which we'll share in just a moment, but in general, generally speaking, what is one action you would recommend that our listeners do as soon as they finish streaming this episode?
2: I would say right now is to take ownership of, of, your, of your direction of your life, your brand, and your business. There are great resources out there that are going to help you, but are they going to do it for you? No. You got to build that foundation. So start doing something that you haven't done or you know is good and you know you should be doing it because when you build your level of confidence and self-esteem, it's going to impact everything else you do and how you show up and be in front of people directly, indirectly, and through your content and through your communication. It's yeah. going to be a game changer. And and that's even for organizations as well, because there are some organizations that are Don't even have to be that big in size, but they they just their values and the way they operate and their energy is just light years ahead of others that are still in the same place, getting in their own way. And they keep doing what they keep doing, what they're doing, expecting different results and just it's the same old, same old. So it's how you show up. How can I show up to be better than I was yesterday? And it's not about being the best. It's about being your best. That's where people connect as well. And, you know, and coming from those values, be real, be
1: relatable because people want to feel related to. Yep. And understood. yep. Okay. I lied. Uh, there are actually three questions um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, because I realized there's one thing I really just want to sum up because we did so much work laying foundations and storytelling and story sharing as a way of conveying ideas, uh, masterminding together, coming up with inspirations. So in one to two sentences, just so our listeners can feel like they got it. Although I can tell you they've gotten it in spades at this point. What is the secret to building your brand and business simultaneously in one to two sentences
2: here? I'm going to give, I'm going to give another look at this. Give, give without expectation from empathy and kindness, not pleasing and enabling one is interdependent behavior and communication. One is codependent, Give Without expectation receive without resistance, meaning that when you give, you know, give value, be the resource, be the example, whether if it's indirect or direct to your business, whether if that person doesn't reciprocate, it will come back from somewhere else. That's another thing. We didn't get, we didn't really get into that too much here, but that is something else I wanted. I figured might be a great way to sum this up because that if you live and operate from that statement, I just provided it, it's another game changer in terms of how to elevate your brand and scale your business. Cause I, there are many times where I've received revenue and money with things that had nothing to do with what I did directly for someone. And, but you have to be open. Many people have a hard time receiving, especially when it's something that they were expecting only to be compensated for something they directly did for someone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So we, in addition to some of the things we've established, we also left some open loops and we did that intentionally because this is just the beginning of an ongoing conversation for those of our listeners who may be leaning in and tuning in right now, wondering what's next. uh, How do they engage with you and what do they have to look forward to? I I would say that, um, that, you know, you have, you know, to
2: look forward to the journey, you know, that, that, you know, nothing in life and nothing in business yeah, you will appreciate and have gratitude for it unless you go through that process. So yeah. it's embracing that process, showing up in the moment to control what you can, let go of the things that are beyond your control. You can't control the economy. You can't control things in your industry. You can't control COVID. You can't control someone's communication, their behavior, their attitude, their emotions, or the course of action they take. You can only control yours. Focus on that. And maximize that, and show up each day, and be consistent. That's going to be really a, a
1: big, a big cha- game changer in terms of where you are and where you want to be. Exactly. So, I would, uh, I want to make the make the invitation is, if you're listening to this, visit Chris's website at S A L A M dot com, and you're going to find all kinds of resources that will help you with the idea of be. Achieving self mastery by mastering your inner critic and becoming what Chris calls a prospreneur. Prospreneur, you got, pros-preneur. It. you got it. right? Yes. Uh, those books I mentioned earlier, they're there. There's a course there. You can see Chris's blog. There's so many great things, and uh, he, and he also provides you opportunities to connect with him, so you can take this conversation to whatever you feel is the natural next step. And you have another website too that you shared with us, EFA Movement org, empowered fathers in action. I think that just really kind of closes the loop from where we began. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that one of the issues that you worked through uh, were challenges and misalignments with your relationship with your father and expectations yep. and things like that. So what I love about this is uh, this organization is it helps fathers to create sustainable solutions for mm-hmm. father son bonding. Correct. And, and it's a it's a way to build interdependent family structures
2: free from limiting beliefs so parents can be better examples for their children to break the, the cycle of, of codependency. Yep. This way, kids will grow up with higher levels of self-esteem and confidence and become future leaders in their homes, in
1: their communities and in their businesses. Yep. And as I mentioned myself, one of my one of the things that drives me to do what I do is to help people recognize the cycles that came through things like inherited trauma, resonance, repatterning, and things along those lines. And to use that very common yet powerful phrase, break the cycle. So uh, without criticizing, condemning, or judging what happened before, it's possible to create a new cycle that will generate new results. Correct. Yeah. So with that, Christopher Salem, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me, and education.
2: Yes. And I want to thank you, Adam, for for having me here, the opportunity to share this this information. And, and again, all that you do, not only here on your podcast, but everything that you do with your business and your book, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And right. it's people like us that are just going to be out there to keep being that example for others to do for themselves.
1: All right.